Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today. Also joining me is this season's very special guest host, Amy Milsick. Amy, how are you doing? I'm great, Pam. How are you? I am a little tired, but doing well. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. How is convention season going? You know, it. I have had such a good time getting to meet a lot of listeners and blog readers and, and just people in our communities throughout this spring. It's been so much fun to get to talk to everybody and just connect with people. So I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Oh, that is awesome. I am so glad. And I know I've gotten a lot of great feedback and people tell me that they've gotten to meet you and how wonderful it's been. So that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. We've got three more conventions coming up. We have FPEA, the Florida Parent Educators Association, coming up the last week of May. I'm going to be in Orlando at the Gaylord Palms. How cool is that? Taking the whole family down there for that convention. And then we have two more GHCs, the great homeschool conventions. We have one in California, in Ontario in June, and then also taking the family to the one in St. Charles, Missouri in July. So it's going to be a lot of fun to get take the family. That's exciting. Yeah, that's such a great opportunity too. Well, tell me, speaking of taking the family places, well, what a great segue. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about today's guest on the podcast. Well, I had the lovely opportunity to chat with Katie Horner, who is an expatriate uh, living overseas in Mexico, and they're homeschooling there and got to hear all about what life is like homeschooling in Mexico. Oh, this sounds like a lot of fun. It really is, and, and she just shares about how she also makes it work as a working homeschool mom. And it's just it was fascinating to find her tips and, and how she just makes it work. That sounds great. Well, we'll get on with that episode of the podcast right after this word from our sponsor. With the Nature Explorer science curriculum, nature study has never been easier. These open-and-go guides include educational nature walk ideas to keep your family engaged for weeks. Background information is provided so parents can feel confident answering questions in the field. Back at home, you can choose from many hands-on, research-based, and experimental activities to continue discovery-based learning. Or take the extensive book list to your library for some fun learning through living literature, both fiction and nonfiction selections. There are Nature Explorers curriculum guides available for nearly 20 science topics, which cover a wide range of biology and earth sciences that will work just about anywhere you are in the world. Visit ourjourneywestward.com forward slash Pam to download your free set of Nature Explorers notebooking pages, which turn nature walks into outdoor science labs. With your download, you'll receive a special coupon code to save 20% off your first Nature Explorers Science Curriculum order. That's ourjourneywestward.com forward slash Pam. And now, on with the podcast. Katie Horner has 
has been living as an expat for more than 10 years in Mexico, where she and her husband homeschool their five children and serve as second-generation missionaries. She's the author of several books, including Putting on the Spirit, 10-Minute Devotions for Busy Moms, The Blogger's Guide Series, and The Lemon Hoss, Homeschool Curriculum for Spanish-Speaking Families. With her most recent book, In Spite of Myself, How Intentional Praise Can Transform Your Heart and Home, Katie challenges readers to choose to praise in all circumstances. She can be found online at her blog, Paradise Praises, and at bloggingsuccessfully.com, where she trains, mentors, and encourages bloggers who want to turn their hobby into a source of income. Katie is joining us on this episode to share about living and homeschool abroad. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me, Amy. I am so excited to talk to you, and I just know that I'm going to learn a lot today in our conversation, and I'm sure our listeners are too. How long have you been homeschooling? Well, our oldest is 12, so um, if we started when she was four or five, I'd say seven or eight years now. Wow, that's a good stretch there. And how many kids do you have? We have five. What are their ages and grades? So our oldest is 12, and then our youngest is almost four. So we've got two girls, 12 and 10, and then two boys, nine and seven, and then the baby girl is four. So we've got the whole stretch all the way from preschool all the way up through middle school. That's awesome. I I have a similar stretch. We uh, we go from three to 15, but have five boys. So (laughs) I understand that challenge with the multiple ages, the blessings as well, but also the challenges. So yeah. What made you decide to homeschool? Well, we were in Mexico when our kids were school age. Uh, We were here already as missionaries and um, there really wasn't a good option for schooling. There was no quality private schools, even um, with the ministries that we were connected with. And the public schools just were not an option because of the, the quality of education as well as the influences. So it was never really a question for us. It was just something that we did. <laughs> Since you've had your children, you've been in Mexico, and it's just become a natural process for you, part of your family, the homeschooling. Correct. Yes. Our oldest was two when we moved to Mexico and the other four have been born here. It was just something that we knew we would, we would be doing. I was, I was trained as a teacher. My degree and my master's degree is in education. And so it wasn't that big, that hard of a decision to, to make. (laughs) Are your children bilingual? Yes. Because we live in Southern Mexico, at home we speak English and most of everything that we do in the, in the home is English. But then anytime that we have our ministry cafe open or we're at church services or other outings or even grocery shopping outside the house, then it's all Spanish speaking. And so especially the oldest ones have definitely picked up on it very quickly. Are there any challenges to homeschooling in a multilingual setting like that? One of the challenges that we face here in Southern Mexico is that homeschooling is not very well known in this part of the country. Hmm. And so there's a lot of questions. A lot of people think, oh, well, you do it because you're foreigners there's not a lot of there's not a lot of education about homeschooling and the fact that it it is actually neither legal nor illegal in Mexico. And so, you know, a lot of the questions that we get, well, why aren't they in school? And we say, well, we homeschool. And then people are like, well, what's that? Like, there really is no nothing to compare it to here. So a lot of the I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but a lot of the, the questions and things that we get just come from a perspective of lack of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a lot of explaining. (laughs) 
But then we also have, you know, the, the people who, who bring it, we have to buy all of our water in five gallon jugs, purified water. And there's a, a couple of guys that come a couple of times a week and bring it to the house and, and we buy it from them. And so like the mornings that they come, they're always looking at like my kids, like, why aren't they in school? You know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So there are a few challenges, but nothing that's been too tremendous. Do you find it hard to get the resources that you need for homeschooling in English or Spanish? Yes. Yes. Libraries exist in Mexico, but they're not at all like you would think of a library in the States. And um, if they do have children's books, they are a very small selection and they're in Spanish. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we, we can't rely on libraries. Um, we do a lot with Internet and um, thankful for the resources that the Internet provides. And then we can order books and ship them in or order curriculum and ship them in as needed. Um, but there's extra costs and time delays and things like that involved with that. So resources is, is one of the struggles. So is that one of the reasons why you formed your curriculum Lemonhaus? Yes. Well, actually, we started homeschooling using the Sunlight curriculum for our own children in English. And we realized at the time you know, how, how much delight we had just with, with homeschooling, being able to disciple our children. And then we started looking at the Spanish homeschool movement and the fact that there weren't very many curriculum available to the Spanish homeschoolers. At the time that we started our curriculum project, there was only two or three companies that sold curriculum to Spanish speakers. And to order from a couple of them, you had to speak English to even order. So there was a real lack of resources in that area. And it really gave us the burden, especially being a trained educator, to meet the need of quality curriculum, especially the literature-based curriculum, like the one that we were using with our kids for the Spanish families. And so that kind of desire to see that need met, along with a real need in our family and ministry for extra income, is how we started the, the Lemonhaus Company and what is now today the, the Lemonhaus Curriculum, which is a, a preschool through sixth grade literature-based curriculum for Spanish-speaking homeschoolers. That's wonderful. We'll make sure to include a link to that in the show notes so that our listeners can find <laughs> uh, more information about that. So Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. We, we've sold curriculum now to the U.S. and Mexico and, and all over the world. We've sent curriculum to South America and China even. Um, so we, we would love the help of anyone who knows someone who speaks Spanish to just let them know that there are options available for them if they want to homeschool their children in their native tongue. Definitely. That's just awesome how you have risen to meet those needs for Spanish-speaking homeschoolers. What's your favorite part of living in Mexico? I think my favorite part is the the relational part and the fact that time kind of slows down. Every time we go back to the States now, it, it seems like everyone is subject to their own schedules. And in Mexico, it's not so much that way. You're still, at least in Campeche, <laughs> mm -hmm. you're, you still may have schedules and appointments, but there's also a flexibility that allows people to still be first priority. And I really love that. As, as, as much as it may be frustrating to to wait, there is still a kind of an under undercurrent of, of unspokenness that says, you know, people are more important than schedules. And, and I really love that. So more of that old world cultural pre-technology type deal. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and, you know, the technology and the modernness is catching up, but there, there is still that that value placed on the relationships and the conversation. What would your kids say is that their favorite part of living in Mexico? Of living here? Probably the adventures we get to have. 
Ooh, dish. <laughs> um, yes, we live just, you know, steps away from forts and and there's a pirate ship in the bay and there's, you know, Indian ruins around and there's all kinds of things to explore. So when we do get a fun family day, that's usually what we're doing is going out to explore something new. And it's not the type of field trip that you would necessarily have in the States, but it's, it's real fun for us. That sounds absolutely awesome. My boys would really enjoy that type of exploration <laughs> for sure. What homeschool book has influenced you the most? You know, I knew you were going to ask that question and I've been thinking about it and I, I'm not sure I have a direct answer. Because of my background in education and, and training there, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books on education. And I think all of them have had an impact, but I don't know that there's any one that necessarily stands out. I know that's that's not super helpful for readers that are looking for a title or listeners that are looking for a title. But I think the biggest thing is to, for, for me as a parent and as an educator, is to keep learning. It's not necessarily the one book that I go back to all the time, but it's the new information and the new things that come out that we can still learn from and still glean from. And I just finished a book on dyslexia to help one of my kids that's struggling in that area, you know, and that there's, I'm reading one now on personality traits and things like that. And so there's, there's this idea that we never want to stop learning ourselves in G even, even as we want our children to continue to grow and to learn. And so I can't say that there's been any one book, but that a lot of the books that I've read have influenced how we homeschool. So the culmination of all of the variety of education books, plus just books in general on a variety of topics. Yes, yeah. a, a variety of topics. And, you know, and I'm a big one to say, well, if you don't know something, there's somewhere to learn it. If you don't, if you don't know how to answer that question, let's go find out. And so I think taking that on for yourself as an adult as well, and just continuing to learn and be open to, to learning new things, whether it's to help yourself or to help your children can have a huge impact on, on how you homeschool. Definitely. Can you complete this sentence for me, please? You will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom if your kiddo can blank. If your kiddo can, I would say if your kiddo grows up to be someone who loves the Lord and serves him with all his heart. I love that. That's great. How do you turn a bad day around? Evaluate and start again. <laughs> lots, lots of grace. You know, some days... Some days, especially with homeschooling, you get started and think, man, we just need to stop and do this over. And some days you can do that. And some days you need to say, you know what, that's enough school schooling for today. Um, we'll pick up again tomorrow and just give yourselves grace and do what you can do and realize that none of us are perfect. And if, if today was a bad day, tomorrow can be better. And there's hope hoping that we did the same thing in our homeschool. We either hit the pause button, reset, or we just say, <laughs> all right, time to call it quits. Let's head outside. And <laughs> yeah. And there's times when you can say, okay, five minutes on the trampoline and then come back to this and we'll try it again. You know, and there's times you can say, all right, everybody in the car, we got to get out of the house for a bit and get some fresh air. And then there's other times when you're just like, you know what, we're done for today. Go find a different activity and we'll pick up tomorrow. <laughs> what would your kids say is the best part of being homeschooled? I actually asked a couple of mine this yesterday. Uh, and one of them I have one that's not as fond of socializing and um, not as fond of speaking Spanish. And so she said the best part of homeschooling in Mexico was not having to go to school with those that spoke Spanish. 
<laughs> she's a little more shy. But but the other one said that that was the worst part of homeschooling, that she wasn't in class with a bunch of Spanish-speaking friends. So I think there's pros and cons based on each individual personality, but we definitely enjoy the freer schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, we enjoy being able to be done, whether that's 30-minute day or a three-hour day. We enjoy being able to have, be flexible with our schedule. We kind of we kind of homeschool on a year-round flexible schedule where we can um, school when we're home and take off and have learning adventures when we're not home. And so I think the flexibility is is one of the biggest advantages of of homeschooling here. And and from my from my perspective, one of the biggest advantages of homeschooling in in the country of Mexico is that there are not the same regulations as there are in the states. I don't. I don't have to have home visits like some states do. I don't have to have certain reporting or grades turned in by certain dates or things like that because there is not yet in Mexico anything that governs that. And because we are permanent residents here, we are not governed by any of the U.S. states that we came from either. Oh, I was wondering how that worked in Mexico. So thank you for sharing that because I think that's a really interesting point for all of us to learn. So right, and and that's not to say I don't keep track of what we do. Like mm-hmm. I have a whole notebook full of you know our list of curriculum and our lesson plans and the things that we did and the extracurriculars and all that. The educator in me doesn't give that up. <laughs> <laughs> so we track what we do, and and there may come a day when to homeschool here, you have to prove what you have done in retrospect, and so. We do keep that, but but I don't live under the weight of the regulation that you have in some states in the U.S. I think that's really smart to do. So would you say you're a planner or do you fly by the seat of your pants with your homeschool? I am a planner who has learned to fly more freely. <laughs> <laughs> Very much a type A personality, personally, and yet I have children who and family members who are not. So, And we also have ministry. Like we have real life ministry that happens on a daily basis here. And you have to be flexible and you have to be able to make a plan and and be okay with it not getting all done. And so we plan our curriculum and then we kind of take it a day at a time and are are very much flexible. And some days, some days we, we get done what we set out to do. And some days we write down what we did at the end of the day. We're the same in our homeschool as well. And I, I call it structured spontaneity because yes. you just kind of have to roll with it. And when you have the age range that we have, mm-hmm. I think that's also very helpful to have that type of mentality. Right, right. Well, we have we have certain things that they do independently, their math and their spelling and their, you know, certain subjects where they have workbook type things they do on their own in their own time in the mornings and as much as they can without help. And then we have set hours right this semester. We have set hours after lunch that are family, family school hours, we call it. And that's when we do our read alouds or we'll do science and history together or we'll spend time helping them through what they couldn't do on their own with some of those individual subjects in the morning. So you have five kids, you have ministry, and a variety of other things that you work on, including the Blog Connection, which is a mentorship program for bloggers. Mm-hmm. How, how do you stay organized? How do you stay on top of everything? <laughs> I have a, a system of time blocking through the week. If you don't know what that is, it's where you give, it's kind of like budgeting your hours, uh, like you would budget your finances. And so Monday from 10 to 12, I am doing this activity, and Monday from 
two to four, I'm doing this activity and Tuesday from nine to 12. And so we've sort of pigeonholed those different activities for our family. We know when our ministry hours are, we know when the family appointments are, and then we build our work and our homeschool hours around that. And we have to constantly be evaluating that. It changes sometimes from month to month, sometimes from week to week. But then being able to say, okay, this is work time or this is homeschool time and be fully present during those times to get done what's on the to-do list for that time. And I'm actually teaching a webinar about this, this same thing soon is how to, how to get those, get your goals set and be able to break those down into your, your monthly and weekly goals and then set those times to actually get those things done. And we have to, if you ask my sister, she would probably not say that I'm very organized. (laughs) Um, because you have to build in that flexibility just because of the culture that we live in. But the, but at home, we definitely know what, what hours are for what activities. And we try to be very vigilant in guarding those hours. I see. So do you have any favorite apps or tools, uh, planners that you use to help with that time blocking? I use the Blogwell planner and I use it mainly to plan out business. But in my time blocking in that planner, I block out those hours that are homeschool hours or ministry hours. And then I keep a like a bullet journal type thing of to do's for that where I I pull out my homeschool planner notebook um, with the homeschool things when it's homeschool time. And so the combination of that that I I do have an appointment scheduler for the day. I have all of my business appointments on one day a week so that that can just be dedicated to that and get them all knocked out. And so I use a free app called youcanbook.me that schedules those for me and it it brings them into my Google calendar and sends me a notification that I can then transfer to our family calendar. So last year I did mainly digital and this year we're switching to paper and I'm really liking the paper a lot better because it's open whether the computer is or not, (laughs) whether the internet works or not at the moment, I can still see what's going on today. So those sound like great tools. And I myself am a paper planner girl. So I'm going to be checking those out myself. And we'll make sure to have links to those in the show notes too, because I think that could be quite helpful. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the Blogwell Planner is at blogwellplanner.com. Real easy. Okay, great. Thank you. What are you rocking in your homeschool? We are rocking reading through the Bible together. And I don't know what percentage of your listeners are, are religious of any sort, but we really felt like this year... It was important for our family to read through the Bible together. We actually started in the fall and we read all the way through the New Testament together by Christmas or by the end of the year. And then we started in January this year. And so every morning, first thing on the list is breakfast and Bible reading. And the ones that can't read well yet are using the the Bible app where they're listening to the audible Bible and knocking it out. And then at lunchtime, we can discuss what we read and things like that. And so in, in our goal of raising adults who, number one, love and serve the Lord with all their hearts. And number two, know how to learn what they need to learn to serve him. We felt like that that basis in scripture was really important for this year. And so along with studying the biblical feast days as a family, the the Bible reading is, is one of the foundational things that we feel like we're doing a really good job at for once. That is awesome. And thank you for explaining how you're doing that. Because I was wondering how you made that happen with, you know, homeschooling and ministry and everything else going on. We have a, we printed out a calendar that's got the the Bible chapters for every day of the year. 
And it's in a spot where the whole family has access to that calendar, paper calendar hanging on the wall. And so every morning they get up and have their breakfast and then they go and check that and they can either our TV has an audible app or um, on their Kindles and they have permission to get their Kindles out and listen to those. And but they have to do that before they go on to any other activity in the morning. Very cool. So what's your best tip for helping kids that live abroad to maintain good relationships with family and friends back at home? Right now, we're loving using the Voxer app, V-O-X-E-R. And this is an app that basically does instant voice messaging. And so one of the one of the retreats that I hosted earlier this year, my, one of my daughters went with me and made a friend. And she and her friend have been voxing every afternoon and just talking back and forth for a few minutes, but keeping up that relationship through those those voice messages. It's like leaving a phone a, a voicemail for somebody. But if they're on the app, they hear it immediately as you're talking. So it's instant. So that's really cool. And the other thing is pictures. And of course, now we have the, the iPhones that you can do video calls with cousins and grandparents and things like that. So that's that's how we, we stay in touch mainly. Mail, regular mail, snail mail takes months to reach us. So <laughs> that's not a great option. But we love the the virtual tools that we have access to. I myself am a huge fan of Voxer. So yeah, I highly recommend that as well. And I never even thought about how you could use that, you know, to stay in touch even cross countries. So that's really cool. Yeah, because it's not just voice to text, but it's actually a voice message. So you know, even if even if daddy's out running errands, sometimes the kids will use that to send a message to him. You know, the four year old can't type, but she can turn on the button and say, Daddy, when are you going to be back? You know, or whatever. So exactly. My husband calls it my uh, mommy walkie talkie. <laughs> yeah, to keep yeah. in touch with my friends that way. So. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. Well, it's time for our fast five, where I ask you five questions and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. You just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Books. Books. Number one (laughs) answer. Number one answer. What is your favorite family night game? Monopoly or chess. Best way to spend the day with your kids? Adventuring. What are you reading right now? I am reading Reading People by Ann Bogle for business, and I'm reading... Celebrating Jesus in the Biblical Feasts by Richard Booker for our family. And I've got to have blank to get me through the day. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Again, number one answer. (laughs) Coffee, yeah. And actually, we just, part of our ministry, we just opened a coffee shop from our our house here in Mexico. So it's literally just across across the house from me. Wow, that is cool. Well, Katie, it was a joy chatting with you today. Where can our listeners find you? Well, the easiest place is katiehorner.com. And from there, you can find links to all of what we do. The ministry website, the blogging, the homeschooling, the Spanish homeschooling, it's all linked there. And that's probably probably the easiest, katiehorner, H-O-R-N-O-R.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for chatting today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks. It's been great. And there you have it. If you'd like links to any of the books and resources that Katie and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at pambarnhill.com forward slash HSP64. Looking forward to some more great homeschool chats to encourage, inspire, and motivate. Until then, rock your homeschool. Homeschool.